on today's episode of Bucked Up. And you guys still enjoy smoking. Oh, you got like it. look at look at the smoke. It look at is it a camera hella smoky right now? Oh shit! <laughs> you know like we're just getting started. Dude. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, we, we smoke saying. heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing that a lot of people say about us too. We'll go to events and we'll be like the smokiest booth. I'm like, nah, we're we're no joke. Like yeah. we we smoke. Do you remember the first time you guys smoked together? Oh, Jesus. No, I don't actually. I don't really remember the first time we smoked. It's I don't think we were until we were well. Yeah, till we, yeah, till we were. Really? We, yeah. And it, like I said, we were both in cannabis deep forever um, since we were younger. But yeah, I don't think we ever smoked. Like I said, I fucking couldn't buy this guy's weed because he sell it too fast. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you smoked? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the first. Oh, yeah, I remember the first time I smoked. Did you get high the first time? First question. I did not. No, no, I did not. Uh, I was also smoking out of a copper pipe, uh, <laughs> like some my friend's brother, you know, type shit. Yeah, was, uh, we were smoking out of it. Was my brother gave it to us? It was a Pepto Bismol bottle. <laughs> I had like a burn hole in it for the mouthpiece and a tin foil bowl made out of like where you would pour the Pepto out. Peter was with. Me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were smoking. We out smoked of a bunch yeah. and didn't feel a thing. Stone, you know, stone sober. <laughs> really? Yeah. How about first time you got high? There's a reason I'm asking these. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no I remember the, the first time. The first time I was like really super high, mm -hmm. really, really super high was probably my sophomore year homecoming. Uh, me and like uh, would be like two or three of the homies. I can't really remember who was there. Uh, I felt like I was sinking into the floor. I was laying there and I felt like I was sinking into the floor and I was like, I'm fucking stoned. Like that was the first time that I can really remember being like seriously high. Mine was the third time I smoked because we smoked again at my homie's house. Uh, we bought an eighth. Uh, we ripped through the whole fucking thing out of that same Pepto-Bismol bottle. <laughs> and we were in my homie's basement and like my three homies were lit. And uh, I'll never forget them, everyone asking each other if they were, if we were high. Are you high? Are you high? Are you high? You high? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, uh, the first time I got high, I just ate a lot. And I think I was like, I think that means that, I'm high. Yeah, I'm really like, high. No, yes. I was just a fat kid. And, <laughs> was... and then my homies upstairs. <laughs> He comes walking downstairs and he's got every dessert item in his kitchen. And we're like, yep, he's high. You know? Uh, so I didn't feel high at all that time. And then so I told my older, I have an older brother who's a few years older. And he used to have a connect on some really good weed. So uh, he's like, yo, I told him how I didn't get high or feel like I did. He's like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. He's like, you're going to come over to the house one night. So he brings me over to the house. And I'll never forget, he ordered a quarter ounce off this dude named Dustin Fogg who... Uh, at the time was like the local he, fought, yeah. he used to sell the headies uh he brought over he brought over the willies <laughs> does he yeah. care you said his name <laughs> uh no i don't think he'll care okay. he's probably, i think he's out the game well out the game <laughs> this is like almost dec like, this is like 15 years ago almost a decade uh, two decades i'm 37 this is like when i'm like 15 <laughs> or no 14. uh so i go over to my brother's house he gets the herb he sits me down and smokes me till i can literally not move <laughs> He had to pick me up like a baby and bring me to the bed because I couldn't get out of the chair I was in because <laughs> yeah. I was so high. It was uncomfortably high. Like the, the it was like like the spins like when you drink. You know, yeah, yeah. High. Or the it first time you smoke like a cigarette or something and you yeah. get that nicotine rush yeah. for the first time. Like it was time. rugged. Yeah. What did you think your life would be at this point where you are now? Then, like, where did you think you were gonna be? What was your? Uh... 
Uh, at the time, uh, it was just kind of, I would, didn't even know what I was going to be. I was uh, still in high school. You know, I was hoping that I was playing sports. Like, we were both, you know, big athletes. Uh, so it was always like, you know, where sports going to go. So really didn't have any main goals or objectives of where I wanted to take my life at that point, for sure. It wasn't until I had my child where everything kind of clicked in for me, and that was when I was 19. And it wasn't really about growing cannabis. It was just like how I hustle and survive and provide uh, for my kid in ways that I wasn't provided for myself. That yeah. jump starts a lot of people's passion. Fuck yeah. yeah. Changed everything. It also, it also yeah. stifles a lot of people's passion. I want to say that too. No, it's yeah. funny. It's like... Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't go about it the right way, I mean, you can look at it as a bad thing, but you can also look at it as a blessing as a young age and uh, enable you to be able to push a little bit harder that you never even thought you could actually push. Like, that's what happens. And then you have people that are like, whoa, me, oh my God, type people. Um, but again, if you attack anything with 100%, you're going to be successful. Yeah. When did you feel like you found your calling? Because I'm talking about like being able to just join into the thing you want to be, you know? Um, I mean, for me was probably <sighs> when I realized first how much cannabis helped me and then finding similar people um, and not just like, you know, your buddies who smoke, but that actually share that same passion about cannabis and what it can actually do medically for people. Not about just kind of getting high, hanging out, which, you yeah. know, that has a lot to do with it. Um, but like when you realize it can really help you in the group of people that you kind of surround yourself with and you start to, to understand that cannabis is kind of more of than just, you know, uh, medicinal for a lot of people. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a real lifestyle um, that helps, you know, again, it like really, really helps people a lot. So. Um, starting to kind of uh, say 2013 when I got my caregiver card was the first time because I wanted to be able to sell it legally. Uh, that was the first time really like again was like all right I'm in it to win it now. Uh, for me uh, I would say it was the first crop I took down as a medical patient uh, where we grew inside. I grew outside for years uh, every summer just a few plants and was able to grow some pretty large ones and pretty great outdoor weed um but then it came to the when they started doing the medical uh, patient thing i wasn't really about the caregiver thing because uh i sold weed um from age 17 on um so i was still kind of like worried about putting names out there and, and kind of coming out of that shadow so to speak yeah. so i was like all right i'll play the patient field and because we'll, again i was still selling weed but growing weed was like i didn't really want to get deep into manufacturing yeah but I grew this, uh, a friend of mine, I just came out of the trucking industry. I was, I was pretty jaded from it um, because I'm a large dude. I did a lot of really professional things as a large man and a mover, and they wouldn't pay me like one. So I just fucking, eventually, uh, there was a point where I got sick because they put me out in a really, really bad snowstorm or nor'easter when they sh I should have been home, like I shouldn't have been on the road. And I was sick for nine days, had pneumonia in my bed. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm never, I'm never going to go back to that. And one of my good friends now uh, was a very successful dude. Was like, yo, have you heard about the medical patient program? Like, yo, I'll loan you the money to get your card, get you a tent, because he knew what I could do outside. Uh, and we grew one crop inside with some blueberry. It came out absolutely fire. Um, we spread it around, and everyone was like, damn, grow more. I want to buy it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, knowing what my father did, too, with providing, like, you know, making a bunch of money off weed. I'm like, everyone smokes weed. I'm seemed to be okay with it like this might be a gift that i was given so let's fucking run with it 
and just keep learning from mistakes and just kept getting better every time. But he knew that you could grow fire shit beforehand. So it was like, yeah. people knew. Yeah, we grew pretty good weed outside. We, we all just had little things we did as a friend group outside. That, so we were all kind of exposed to it. And I just kind of was always about it. Like even at, at 15, you know, I remember having, I got kicked out at 15 because my mom found a bong in my room. Um, my mom was smoking weed herself too, which was kind of weird and kind of sucky to find out down the road. Uh, but once I was removed from the home, uh, that's kind of when it all changed. Um, and I remember having the, the, the argument with her, her crying in the kitchen, being like, why do you love weed so much? I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. And I went through a lot of like things in my life where my life could have taken a lot of really different paths, like via athletics, uh, education, but, uh, I truly feel like it all happened for a reason because once I started growing this, I was like, oh, this is what I really was given to do. And I love it. I'm passionate about it. Like I was telling you earlier, there's nothing I love more than growing than my than children, my two children. That's it. It's like my two children and my plants. Um, so I think I was just personally put here to help bring great weed to everybody with my homeboy with me. But that's why that's why I hope you don't mind answering those questions, because I think people need to realize oh how God, good you. it feels to feel fulfilled. In yeah, what no, you do. oh, 100%. And maybe it's funny, like you had been doing it a long time, long time, but you guys feel like you came to it later Ooh. almost. Like you found it later in life. Like it wasn't like when I was a kid, when I first grew, like yeah. I knew that was what I was going to yeah. do. Yeah, also, I like, mean, a lot has to do with like the time, like, it. you know, where it is. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old, a little older, uh, like, it was something that you just didn't think about doing back then. A lot of the young kids now, they can see the vision, they can see the path. Like we were pioneers, like we paved the road for what is going on now. So, I mean, you know, we both hustled hard, hard for years and years to build the reputation, to be able to enter the to legal market. And people are like, oh, these guys have been doing it for a hot minute. Like these guys mm. have been in the game for a minute. We both like people that have been known that have been in the game for a long time around here. So I asked him how many serious people there were in the state. You I mean, said, how, how many would you say? Serious as in like top shelf cultivators. Yeah. yeah. What serious grows like you guys have? 10. I'd put 30. I would say like 10, like, I, I mean, there's not a lot there. There's not a lot that do it to scale and do it really well consistently. Now there are companies that do do really well, but it, it's not as consistent, but when they, they hit it and they nail it, like they knock it out the park. There are some companies that it's just, it's tough to be consistent. It's tough to have uh, a good work crew. It's tough to have guys that like buy in. Um, again, that happens with us because we're a no ego company. Like we always know we can get better. We always know we can improve. We always know someone's just as good, if not better than you out there. So it like drives you to like work harder, work harder, mm -hmm. work harder. Um, just, I've always been like that too. You know, I've always been like that where, you know, we grow really, really good cannabis. I think here with the, the main trees and beast trees brand, but there are other people that are doing a good job and we just want to, you know, we want to per se stand alone, but we also want to stand at the top with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to put Maine on the fucking map. Man. That's the goal. Maine on the map more than anything is like, yo, I want people flying from all over the world and landing in Boston and driving up here, flying directly to Maine. And, you know, we have 
Obviously, people know for our lobster, our seafood, uh, you know, this time of year, like the sites are beautiful up here. But again, I want you to fly to Maine to smoke good cannabis. And again, not just from us, from everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of producers in the state. There's a lot of homies that do such a good job. And uh, there's enough to go around for everyone, too. Yeah. As soon as you're competing, you lost the competition. Exactly. Like, as soon as, you're, yeah. as, soon as yeah. you put it's yourself like, in competition, like, what do you... I think I was going to ask, like, what makes you guys part of the top 10? But it's passion. It's anything. Passion. If you're not passionate about something, you're going to burn out. That's it. You're going to burn That's out. It. You're and not. It, you were talking about birthdays and shit. Like, dude, bro. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to yeah. lose opportunities and another because thing, of your passion. Another it's thing fun, for us. Functioning 365. It's like, bro, we want to smoke really good cannabis. Like, that's our passion is really quality boutique style cannabis. Now, we want to smoke that. So mm -hmm. then we got to grow it. Because, yeah. again... I know there's some crazy shit going on out there and uh, you know there's some there's some foolish cannabis out there that uh, you don't want to get duped by. So uh, what do you we, mean by that? Really, yeah, what do you mean by that? I mean there's some like people that are spraying shit, people that in the medical side again, you know, we have this whole testing thing going on uh, that don't test their stuff every once in a while to see where they're at. Um, I mean there's a lot of pretty pretty cannabis out there that just doesn't smoke really well. That's How a does thing. a layman know they don't that's the unfortunate thing. It's educational and educational on the bud tenders, on the purchasers uh, that should be smoking the products before they bring them in, put them on their shelves. Um, again, test results. Uh, the state is, you know, trying to go through some of that right now. We've always been like, yeah, we were open book. We'll test our stuff. No problem if you want it. Um, but you won't be able to tell. You have to do your own research. Yeah, you got to do your tell. own research. You got to really, yeah, you got to, you got to do your own research and don't, you know, obviously believe everything you hear online. Go direct to the person. You know, it's pretty simple. Like, go direct to them. Everyone has access to, to like, pretty much getting direct with every single company if they have questions to ask. So all they have to do is just go direct to them. It's funny. We were talking about visual. Like, you can tell. Like, when I saw you guys as Bud for the first time, I was, it was, I knew it was special. I knew it was something different because right off the bat, like, you can tell it's not fake. Yeah, you know, there's, there's real love that goes into that. Like I said, everyone you met when you walked through, like when they were hired, it's about passion too. Everyone no. was happy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Crazy. Yo, did you Everyone's notice that? So Everyone happy. was like, no one, no yeah. one was in like uh, a bad uh, mood. As you, not. as we were talking about, like I'm a big picker upper of energy. Yeah, and I was like, damn, no one's like upset to be there right Bro, now. Everybody loves what they do. Everybody comes to work like smiling, happy every day. Um, again, for the most part, no one really brings their outside life in here. Everyone has shit going on. I know everyone has, you know, the ups and downs, but. When you're around the plant and you're around people that fucking love what they do, it just rubs yeah. off on each other. So you know coming to work that this guy's going to be happy and stoked to be here. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a shitty mood, it's going to bring you up. I've been on this new thing, fuck perfect timing. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like I've been really thinking about that. Like, if you wait for perfect timing, then you're going to, so many people are going to pass you. <coughs> Gotta Talking be about letting other life shit affect you. Like, if you bring outside work into anything, you're going to, like, you'll push that off. You'll be like, oh, well, I'm in a bad mood today, so I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Well, then why? Why don't you just put that aside and work, and then you can grow and figure it out later. 100%. Like, if you wait for perfect timing, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I agree. And a lot of people that, that, that work for us, again, they use... They use cannabis uh, um, that helps them in their everyday life. So another reason they're passionate about it is because it's very helpful for them, friends, family. Um, we had a gentleman that worked for us that uh, actually one of a good friends that uh, we grew up with 
who got diagnosed with cancer and he worked for us and we were able to be a part of that healing process, which again, that's the most amazing feeling you get when you know that you're helping your patients and you're helping a close friend that, that works for us um, and other people in the industry. You know, we've reached out that need help you yeah. know, to be able to help them out. That really boils down to, I mean, like the passion, the love for the, the plant itself and wanting to grow really good cannabis to, to smoke it. Is it, do you enjoy, like having it be legal, do, is it what you thought it was going to be? Like when you wished, oh, I wish this was legal. It's kind of. Yeah, sort kind of. of like I, a, think, uh, I think the only part that I think I wish it was better is the, the open consumption scene where like, like social clubs, we need to be more open with the social clubs. Uh, stuff like that. It it it's kind of still feels like they want us in the shadows. Yeah, that's the you shitty know, part. I get it. Like, uh, imagine if alcohol smelled as much as that's, weed. That's what I think it it's is. Like right? a, it's like it's a smell. That, I was thinking, yeah, 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 it's like they a special room within the restaurant where you can go in and there's just like a a casino style air filtration. You know? Yeah, like, but like it's do something. You can drink really anywhere because it doesn't. It's like the smell. But it, who cares? People yeah. are smoking cigarettes everywhere. Yeah, that smells way worse. The only thing that we've been able to to transform is like vape cartridges and things like that, mm -hmm. where you can kind of smoke everywhere and get away with it. Um, but yeah, cannabis when you when you burn flour, it has a unique smell to it and is potent. And yeah. some people don't like it, you know. Yeah. I, I, feel I get like, it. I'm I get okay it. With that. I get it. I get people. Again, I'm on both sides. Like I'm respectful of people, smell. but I'm still gonna walk down the street and smoke it outside. Oh yeah. Like, Why are vapes? Vapes got like ostracized for because like. It's like the reefer madness on just vapes. Like it's it's uh you have a certain group of people uh that tainted uh bad cartridges and again once you have that going around you have large companies uh that are against But it wasn't a conspiracy. It wasn't a conspiracy. There was some bullshit going into some cartridges and I'm sure there still is, man. Uh you can still get fucking you can go online and order some bullshit right offline from from overseas and you can get some fucking nasty stuff and people are doing that again uh i think whenever you I see just, a, a dip in the market and pack pricing you're gonna have people struggling to survive and there's people who will do anything to survive and if that means they gotta taint some shit or send some stuff that's really not consumable just to keep things flowing they're gonna do it and it's unfortunate but i think so it's every just a type part, of business part of, the, part of our and that sounds like a lot of that sounds yeah. like something else that's happening right yeah, now I mean, too you know again it's just like it's it's part of business in general there's always going to be no matter what space you operate in uh there's going to always be someone i think that's trying to take advantage of someone else or work some sort of angle uh you know greed's a bitch and that's human nature but yeah. it is what it is it's true and i think people think I even like to give the benefit of the doubt, but it's tough. That's why you do have to have knowledge. You have to, and that's tough for a lot of people to have time. Yeah. Time is that time, time is, is like essence, a big man. conspiracy that there's a, we're trying to take up people's time as much as possible. Like with social media, with I think with all the movies, the TV shows, it's like companies realize, oh, I can take up a lot of people's time so they can't do the research Just on- Just so they can sell us a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the good thing is too, on the other side, I mean, you have access to all the information you need pretty much online, which is nice. You can pretty much get all the information you need right offline nowadays or you know within certain threads, Reddit, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, again, you just have to be careful of sourcing 
or wise, conversations but... like this. Like I like to learn. Like I when oh, you were giving yeah. us the when you were giving me the tour of the facility, I was really it was funny. Like I'm not a take pictures of everything. Like I want to be in and yeah, it's cool learning about. When you learn about where something comes from it, it, that you enjoy, it gives you like a little spark yeah. inside of yourself. No, I agree. Yeah. It's nice to, and we, and we offer that too to, to everybody. We, we've said it to numerous people, all of our vendors. We've had a bunch of people come through, like come through, check out our spot, see what we do, see the cleanliness, like go ahead and meet the people. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to really know what we do for a business, come on here. We'll show you. Again, yeah. we've had no problem. Full transparency. That's just how we operate. From someone who wants to grow to making it in the professional field, how long do you think that would take? Again, I think that takes years. It depends on your your position too. I think when it comes to cultivation and uh, headlining a cultivation facility, especially, it takes years. Uh, you really get to learn, you know, uh, substrate management. Uh, you know how plants. Uh, react to situations, you know, positives and negatives. I think you just got to go through the works to honestly become a great grower. And that requires going through everything, all the problems, and learning how to adapt, address them, and move on and clear things up. Because you're going to go through them all. Yeah, you run you know, into problems. Grow is like, I never had this now. Okay. Like, yeah, sometimes there's stuff that you might not have had. I, mm -hmm. I agree. But you know, like, I feel like you really need to be able to go through, get your licks in and be able to manage them and how to manage them in the future. You can't skip any steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. agree. She's a, this plant is teaching and I feel like uh, there's a loose term that gets tossed around in the industry, master grower. It's like, nah, none of us are masters at the end of the day, nor mm -hmm. am I. I'll never be a master. I am forever a student to this plant. This plant's going to teach me till I die. It's been teaching me since I started growing it and it still teaches me stuff every, every crop. And it teaches everyone that's around us, you know, stuff about not just the plants ourselves every day. Special. So, yeah. And if you think you're the, if you think you've mastered something, then you're never want to, you're never going to want to grow. Yeah, you're never want to expand. You kind of have to not, you kind of have to be your harshest critic to be successful. You have to almost like, oh, not we are. hate, not hate yeah. your, th like I hate what yeah. I do I'm never to satisfied. the point where yeah. it's never, crazy. Never yeah. It's crazy because people will say, like, I had an episode come out that I wasn't really a fan of. And yeah. people will come up and say they love it. Yeah. And it'll take me everything <laughs> in my heart not to be like, but I, so I hate that one. Because it's just, you always are striving for something that'll never come. That's yep. why people, uh, this is the, uh, in, in some talks I've been asked quite a bit is, what's your favorite strain? Can never, I can never put one on it. Can never tell you what my, even the lobster with the success we've had it. Like I don't know, I'm yeah. gonna have a favorite next week that we mm -hmm. that we pop and that we grow. That's the I fun love thing this about shit. It. Too and, then a, like, and then a, and then and then thirty minutes after you yeah, smoke this, it for the first time, you're like, "Fuck! All right, we yeah, got a bet. We got a better flavors, that one. Man. You got to settle. <laughs> yeah. No, always trying to get. And again, that comes back to always just trying to get trying to get better, man. Always trying to get better. Always trying to learn. Always trying to educate ourselves. Uh, Again, on, on his side in the cultivation and me on following the trends on the sales side, um, we go back and forth a lot on strains and what's up, you know, what's coming up next. And, you know, we're a year out now. We're a year out moving on like, you know, 16 months, 18 months of like setting up what we're going to have. Um, and that's part of the business that, again, the, is starting to, to take like form in front of us is the looking ahead and seeing yeah. what's coming so that we can start to market and get people uh, excited about some of the new stuff that we have coming down. Yeah, so at that point, people are excited yeah. about it and you're yeah. like, 
Well, we're that, we're, that's old shit. Old shit for <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah that's, old shit for that's us. That's the past right now. But yeah, just continue to fucking grind and find special, you know, cannabis and find special things to bring to uh, the market. And you guys still enjoy smoking. Oh, you got like look at look at the smoke. It look at is it a camera hella smoky right now? Oh shit! You know like <laughs> yeah, we're just getting started. Dude. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, we, we smoke heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing that a lot of people say about us too. We'll go to events and we'll be like the smokiest booth. I'm like, nah, we're we're no joke. Like yeah. we we smoke, man. We we smoke. But you guys have it's fun. You ever <coughs> smoke with someone and it does shut you down? Oh like, yeah, you shut, and you're like. I think this is an energy thing. Yeah. I don't think this is a weed thing. I think like you're bringing me down because <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like I'll be stoned, but I won't be like when you're like, all right, I need to. I'm so stoned, I need to get out of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. it's usually not the weed for me. No, it's, you weed. Know? it's like the conversation or what you're talking <laughs> exactly. about. You're like, all right, yeah. No, for us again, we can go, 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 go. There does get to a point. Uh, I mean, I like to eat my edibles, you know, towards the, the evening time. <laughs> What's so, the most you can do in edibles? The uh, most, so I'm around 500 would be the most that I can do without, I start to feel uncomfortable after that. Mm -hmm. But we had these uh, 500 milligram, like full spec hash rosin drinks that we were getting made uh, last summer. And I could drink one of those, not like just fucking hammer it down, but I could drink that shit yeah. over like two hours and, and I'm good. But anything over 500 threshold will really... Will send me to a different what's dimension. the most you've taken have 700 you? oh we had you we have you beat we went we did yeah, stupid shit. i did 700 uh, he's uh, he's up there high too uh, but I, I 700 and i was not happy uh <laughs> yeah so uh for disney regular uh, uh thc i guess you could say was uh 30 uh 3, milligrams uh off these drinks i used to slam i used to be a wicked heavy heavy dabber where i'm would just rip Graham globs on Instagram all day. <laughs> just fucking monster globs, so my tolerance was through the roof. So I could handle just like these crazy amounts of uh, edibles because of the tolerance going up. I wish I could. I just coughed too much. But the most I ever took full spectrum was uh, twelve hundred, and it fucking melted me. It was like taking a, a dose of LSD. Uh, yeah yeah like it was a legitimate melted me on the couch kind of similar to the first time i smoked weed it was like that chick on that commercial where she deflates it's mm -hmm. like an anti-weed commercial like i really was how there. much do we take on that flight like 12 yeah like 12 or like whoa like rso yeah rso oh false exactly yeah false so we, i literally i literally couldn't look at my phone i couldn't listen to music couldn't i just had to like meditate yeah, there for like that's a big dose man. edibles do get into that psychedelic when you hit a certain level it yeah. is very psychedelic there's a certain amount of psychoactive oil that is on the plant especially on the high sativas that's why like, people when they smoke, you know, high sativa oils, like some people it gets triggered just to smoke the sativa flower, uh, but anxiety stuff like that. Yeah, sativas um, make me anxious. Yeah, is it you true if you only like really... smoke sativa, it'll give you, it'll like fuck your brain up? I'm not. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Someone <laughs> said that, and as you can tell, I didn't do my research. Yeah, I just on more, it. more like terpene <laughs> profiles for me, like yeah. that really, really get me. Like the more fruity kind of terpene profile is a little more racy for me. We're a little more earthy, kind of coffee ground, uh, or gas backbone. Vanilla um, is more of like the chill for me. Where yeah. again, the the more fruity, uh, especially like the the lemons and the limacine terpene 
fucking just just get me a little too much. How about the quantity of weed you've smoked in a day? What's the most? Oh, fuck, dude. I think I've blown down a quarter pound. Yeah, at least a, I mean, bare minimum quarter pound. <laughs> bare, bare minimum. Bare. Co- that. You was said that, that so we smoked that. Oh, yeah, this is bare. Bare minimum. One of those quarter. giant like uh, two. I do love those. I do love those. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've smoked quarter pound joints. Yeah, we smoked a lot. We had yeah, we went we went ham. I think because so I have another house up north, like two and a half hours up north. And we'll go up there and, uh, you know, for, so for the two and a half hour ride, like legit, you smoked a whole fucking way mm-hmm. and then you get there and then immediately when you get there, you roll up yeah. mm-hmm. and then, and then Jesse packed this, uh, like the two ounce cone. So we smoked the two ounce cone as we're still smoking and taking dabs and shit. And yeah, I think, I think, I think I had like five or six ounces on me and I came back with like half an ounce. After 24 hours. That's so funny. It yeah. is funny. The more weed you have, the more you will smoke. Well, that's, that's yeah, like that's a an real issue. thing. No, it's 100%. It's, like, it's, 100%. it's not like alcohol. More money like, if you more just money keep spent. drinking alcohol like that, you'll, like, get so fucked up that you, oh, like... You can't. You can't. No, well, that, you well, said that, you don't drink anymore, I don't, right? I, I don't drink. I, remember, I, I drink a little bit, but I used to get to the point where, like, I definitely have, like, a substance... Like I just want to go ham, you, you go, know, go, go, and I don't do you, that anymore. But I'm in that boat with you. I'm but a, with yeah. alcohol, it'll like stop you. With weed, really, you can just keep you going. Can keep well, until you fall asleep. I mean, you will eventually fall asleep just from. Some I people mean, can't. Well, let's it's crazy. Cr- some people can't smoke. Endocannabinoid system that again people need to learn more about. Like, so you got the endocannabinoid system, which you know you have those receptors built in uh, that are receptors that. Uh, that work just like when you take any other drug, but when you take all any other drug than cannabis, those receptors burn off and never come back. Uh, with cannabis, you can kind of like send those off, but they regrow after stopping cannabis use after 30 days. So it's like, it's like, that's why like, I think there's like a sort of sentient factor to this plant. Uh, science can't really tell you when it really comes into the picture. It's only in a plant family with two other plants. And again, not really religious, but in that, that famous book, it talks about a seed-bearing plant brought to earth that can feed, clothe, and shelter man. And this is one of the only plants on the face of the earth that you can do it with. So I think it's a very, it's very special what this plant does and, and it is for us and how our body accepts it. So I think that kind of ties Yeah, some people why, can't smoke cannabis. You know? And what are those other two plants? Some people can't do There's, it. Yeah. Huh? What are those other two plants? Uh, it's, no, it's one plant. So it's in uh, one other plant. I'm oh, sorry. okay. Uh, hops. Really? Yeah, so you have hops and cannabis that are like brother and sister. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't. I used to drink a lot of beer. It locks my jaw up now. I yeah, can't drink beer. It locks, and no one knows why. Okay. I've like asked beer people. I've asked doctors. They're like, Have you ever know. got a chance to visit a hops farm and smell hops? No, it's very similar to cannabis, and like the buds, like are like yeah, you they it, grow like, all, you know upside down. And kind of have a buddy, yeah, flower look to it. Like really, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I had no idea about that. Yeah, take a look at hops on the internet when you're thinking about it. Just like oh shit, I think that's why. Like out here, we have a heavy, heavy craft scene, which I think again ties into why we have to be so honest, flavor makers, like we talked about a little bit, uh, because we have an incredible craft scene of beer craft cocktails and food 
See, but um, we people do are dope. Beer people annoy me. I know, but they're starting to cross, <laughs> starting to cross <laughs> over. But no, again, <laughs> they got a little wild for a while. It's, it was a little too hipstery for a no, little I agree. bit. I, yeah, it I was a little know, bit where beer was either. like, all right, calm like, down. No, no, some people, some people are. Really, do you have to roll your jeans up that high with your fucking Harry Potter glasses? <laughs> calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, some people are too much, dude. They're too much. There's, we're getting some of those. We're getting some of those motherfuckers in the cannabis industry too. Yeah. What, like, what's the worst uh, type of cannabis person? Uh, I would say someone hyper chads. Yeah, there's just someone new to the industry that again they're a know-it-all where they really haven't gone through most of the experiences, or you know, someone that just fucking you know has their own opinion that they stand by without again reaching out, talking to people, understanding what's going on in the cannabis industry. You're just self-centered, fucking narcissistic people that just whatever they say goes and is right. Who doesn't? Uh, who don't respect the history? Yeah, we're talking their, about just the respect the next guy and their their, their path. Like we mm -hmm. all got our own path. Like and there's plenty of, I think plenty of space for everybody. Everybody. You know? it's just who wants to work the hardest at the end of the day and, and push their brand. And there's a lot of weird energy here where it comes to people pushing their brands and like other, you know what they call MSOs coming in. We've been accused of the same thing. Um, but uh what's that um multi-state organization so like people maine's really weird where it doesn't want big business coming in which i understand but it happens in every industry you know like at the end of the day so like we have to you know manage that so if you're a main weed company you can't work in any other state well no you can start to bring your business and your brands and your sops you can't necessarily you're not you're not doing business you know state to state like mm -hmm. you know with the cannabis but you can start up on their your brand on their another uh, oh you mean if you have a weed company out outside yeah, you, can you can't go bring it to another state you can't bring it into me well Maine wants you to think that but you know like it happens and it's up to us to you know work our ass off and do the same thing and expand yeah. this where we can you know like Maine's a very very small market and uh which is unfortunate so you can only grow your business to a certain size i feel like um, so I think, you know, if you can get to a point and, you know, have that sort of, sort of reputation, you can start to enter other markets. You do uh, see Maine as a small market? A smaller. I think as we grow, as it, as people yeah. become more informed about Maine and aware, uh, and how great the weed is up here, you know, and how special it is, and, you know, that'll come over time. But, uh, for now, it's a smaller market as opposed to like California, New York, Florida. Do you see it as a small market? As an out, as a outsider, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. We look at it as as a small market for sure. Do you think it's a small market because you're big fish and us like? I don't. Yeah, I mean, no. no. I just again, I just. It's really there's a million people in the state. You know, that's all. There's a million. There's a million people in the state. It takes six hours. You know, seven hours to get to the top of it. It's a big ass state. Yeah, but there's there's four hundred like, million people in America. There's eight billion people on Earth. In the, you in know Earth. what yeah, I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. well, I mean, again, for us, like, you know, there's really not that many people in the state of Maine. So I would consider us on the the smaller end of things for sure. Mm -hmm. um, people don't even know about Maine. Yeah, like, that's why I think we're kind of special. Where like, and another reason why I think we're so good is because uh, growing up, all you heard about was California. Like all the best weeds coming out of Cali, and then it was. And like, that's why you get those fucking. And then it was the ship nugs that yeah, are really fucking dirty. And then Canada. Oh, first it was Canada because you get like BCs and fire. Those Shout out to fucking was two BC cuts. buds, man. I made <laughs> there a bunch of cash off. There was only two cuts of BCs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, 
I'm good. Um, I was going to say, we are in the middle of a podcast. Nope. It's yeah, all right. I'll edit this part out. <laughs> it's all good. Um, if you want to set up up in the front, can you set up up front? There you go. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> or we can, if you want to go in there and shut the door. Yeah, I'm just going to leave the shack to the farm. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, go right in there and then we can just. Go around the other way. Oh, yeah, no. I was just saying, you can go in here and close it. We can close the door. Okay. You want to go in this office right here? Okay. Just How long are you gonna be? Ten minutes. Oh, uh, maybe, if you want to go, maybe have her go up front so she doesn't go back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, Beth. Yes, please. Yeah, sleep with Brooke. Thank you. <sighs> Brooke, our accountant. I mean, not uh, Beth. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> Bro, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about just uh <coughs> i think you know the way people looked at at the industry uh mm. from like maine and california like oh yeah that you guys see it as a small yeah market. smaller yeah. smaller market yeah. and oh, how thank you. you know we're back on track now <laughs> yeah, so the train's really going the train yeah, yeah. Keeps so on we, to, we got so good uh we have such a great market or such high quality here as well uh is because of those markets coming online earlier and again if you were like and obviously people were importing on the black market side of things. So like, and as a legal market in the, in the, you know, the green market or whatever, you're still competing with what's happening there, no matter what. So like, uh, in the early days, you had to like, kind of like compete with those, those markets. And unless you were growing something fucking great, it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, don't worry, that's there. not one of their weed bags. No. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Infused Productions. They are the best in cannabis products and events. Make sure to follow them online at Infused Productions. That's I-N-F-U-Z-E-D Productions. And check out what they have going on. Let's get back into it. <laughs> Some pillows. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. So I think you really had to step your game up and like in the early days. And, I, and then everyone kind of evolved alongside of each other, just sharing info and just trying to constantly get better. Maine has its own little side of genetics, just like some of these other little markets do. But it's now Cali is kind of dictating a lot of the, the early the early flavors uh, ahead of. Yeah, they seem know, to be the, the, the trendsetters. Yeah, they seem to be the trendsetters. You're not a fan of that. No, no, I mean, no, no. They got some great flavors out there. They got and great we, flavors. We got great problem. flavors here. They got great flavors there. Yeah. I mean, again, when it all comes, when it all boils down to it, it's the cannabis community. It's the cannabis world. Like over in Spain, like how it's huge over there. It's huge on the East Coast in Maine now. It's huge in Cali. Like, I mean, there should be no reason, again, that we should all, it shouldn't be a battle. It mm -hmm. shouldn't be an East Coast, West Coast, like, you know, old school rap battle type shit. Yeah, no, it was like, yeah. yo, let's work together to create some of the best cannabis in the world and let's showcase it to everybody. Why yeah, do you think good. Maine weed is so good? What what makes it so good? He says it all the time. Uh, I, will, I will say I think <laughs> it's the water. Uh, you know, everyone's really, the information's out there. So at the end of the day, I think it's who, you know, if you really want to grow some good stuff, regardless of where you're at, it's up to who wants to work the hardest and really track down that information, gain the experience and just keep it moving because there's nothing like this Nothing grows like this plant on the on the earth. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, when it boils down to it, Maine weed is especially great because of our water supply here. Uh, we're essentially growing with Poland Spring, and Poland Spring is bottled up by Poland Spring and then uh, sold all over the world. Natural spring water, and it's some of the cleanest water. It's up there with Fiji, you know, and, and the big names. Uh, I would say 
and we're pulling that out of our out of the ground and growing our plants with it. And then on top of that, the you know, add our energy and the, our SOPs and the way we do things, it just kind of creates something very Yeah, Maine, special if you here. look on a map too, like kind of where we are, it's almost right where Humble is. Yeah. Very, very similar yeah, um, season-wise. Yeah, so again, outdoor, I think we produce some of the, the best outdoor cannabis in the world, small batch-wise. Um, and then, you know, you can't really compete with the Cali Outdoor. They've been doing it for so long. I mean, we've been, we've been getting at it here for a minute, but... Uh, the season's a little bit shorter here. Season's a little bit longer out there. You can ripen yeah. up a little bit more so you can get more out of your cannabis. Um, but I've seen some unbelievable outdoor cannabis here. Uh, climate change, pressure-wise, uh, the way things are in the state of Maine, <clears throat> like I said, to grow out outdoors uh, is, you know, it's almost there. Uh, that's why I think Cali Outdoor is always really, really solid. Um, yeah, but indoor-wise, I mean... You know, there's a lot of a lot of good cultivators that have been doing it for a long time here. And, you know, out in Cali, like I said, the brands that have been around for a while, they've been they've been legal for longer than we have. So, uh, you know, we're just starting to kind of get exposed to the market, you know, 10, really 10, 15 years into uh, being able to legally cultivate in this state. You blew my mind with two things today. <laughs> the water thing was one. I had to bring that up. And the second was the candles and shit. Yeah, and how susceptible cannabis can be to outside. Yeah, I never thought, those are two things I never thought about. Like if you're growing (laughs) weed and you have candles going and you have perfume, like that'll affect the weed. Yeah, so I was explaining to him how uh, susceptible it is and how like in the facility we don't allow people to wear perfumes, lotions, yep, anything that provides any sort of outside smell. I walk by you and can smell anything other than air. Um, you know, we're trying to fix that just so you smell nothing but cannabis in the building. Uh, and this was a lesson learned in the early days um, Try growing inside uh, where, you know, we and then we started extracting the flower and that's where all these flavors started really showing themselves prominently um in the in the concentrate because you know it would be concentrated um so we started uh making that and then uh, it was on my first very first batch when uh, a friend of mine we made some bho um and then he had smoked it before i got to him and then when i pulled up he was like yo tell me if you don't taste cinnamon when i when you smoke that and i smoked it and all i could taste was or first he asked me if i burnt cinnamon candles and I agreed. I was like, yeah, dude, why? And then he goes, smoke the, ha- smoke the hash. I smoked the hash and I could taste cinnamon candles in it. That's and so then that's crazy. when he's like, yo, explain to me. He's like, dude, this is, uh, you dropped a lot of knowledge on me. I was like, yo, you can taste all this shit. You can taste dryer sheets, cigarette Dryer butts. sheets is a big one. Dry- dryer sheets and cigarette butts are a huge, huge one. one. Dryer sheets, people don't realize it. But when you like a lot of people cure their cannabis in their basement, the basement and that's where the washer and dryer is. Yeah. And when the dryer goes, Dude, it's it, it'll be funny if you ever come across it. A lot of small boutique style growers do it because they have you know less space. Most of them are, are, are curing in tents now. But back in the day, you used to hang that shit right wherever. And dude, you the dryer sheets. Yo, oh my god, yeah, it's crazy. All my dad's friends that grow like weed in their house, I'm like, this is the worst weed I've ever smoked <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> it happens. It happens. You know, sometimes small old, grows aren't great. Really old dudes either have the best the weed fire, or yeah. the worst weed ever. They got that fire. <laughs> you have, that you have to, have got, to yeah. You have to get into that shit early. You can't. Oh, you do. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, that's where we evolved too. Like with the, all the old heads. Like I said, like I think when they squashed the hippie movement, where a lot of that that herb was circulating in the early days, and all that weed was coming in. 
uh, when they really squashed it, the hippies went north and on the west coast, and they went north on the east coast from Cal, uh, from New York up, from L.A. up to NorCal and Oregon. Um, I think that was just to hide and get into the woods where they wouldn't be fine. Massive crops going down, you know, like huge multi-thousand plant grow-ups. That was like what my father was a part of, what I was telling you a little bit about. So part of my father's story was is he was never around. Um, because him and my uncle were busy getting to it, like trapping super heavy. They used to, uh, I don't care to talk about it because my uncle has passed and it's been a long time uh, since my father been in the game. Long, long time. Uh, and I don't have a relationship with him. So uh, my, him, my, him and my uncle used to uh, smuggle 70 pounds a day from Mexico to San Diego and from San Diego back to Maine. Um, and then also they would do uh, multi-thousand plant grow-ups once every summer, crop it down into about 100 pounds, and then sell it to a local biker gang um, once a year, and then kind of sit through the winter because they were both metal workers and we would only get work through the spring and summer months up here. Um, so they were trapping pretty heavy. Um, and a funny story about my uncle um, is... Uh, you ever seen Pineapple Express? Yeah, uh-huh. So the pot dealer in that, if you go to the end of the movie, his full character name, uh, the, uh, James Franco's full character name is Saul Silver, S-A-U-L, uh, Silver, S-I-L-V-E-R. So my uncle, Saul, S-O-L, Silver, uh, got caught in uh, California a long time ago with 500 pounds of weed and was one of the uh, biggest bales ever set in California. Uh, for trapping like he was uh, so uh, my aunt reached out to the directors and they ended up using his name after seeing it a long time really uh, that's yeah. crazy yeah. yo yeah. you just dropped some wild movie knowledge on yeah. me yeah, that i crazy, never right? heard yeah. Yeah. that actually, is kind of uh, isn't that shit what? His, uh, he, he got so he went in and out of jail a couple of times uh, and then he came out uh, with an addiction. So well, the reason he got caught was because he had a Wait, he got, he went out, of, so he got the addiction while he was in jail? Not necessarily. It kind oh, of started when he was in jail, when he got in. It's so the reason he got into jail is basically he broke into, he was feeding it a little bit. He was only selling it a little bit on the side. Uh, my dad never touched it from what I heard, uh, but they, uh, he moved the weed with him. But one, uh, and they actually found his stash in Arizona where he had, was feeding one night and broke open his storage unit but left it all broken open. So Joe Schmo security guard comes walking by, fucking fucking shit's broken open, opens it, finds out there's fucking 500 pounds of weed and some dope in there. Next thing you know, my uncle's wanted in California. Um, and ended up getting caught. Uh, his wife did 10 years for being his, um, his wife. Funny story before he got caught, like one of my, one of my, one of my early so memories. He and of, his wife. Yeah, one of my early Part memories of, of my father yeah. was, uh, I have very few of them, but one of them was when we went visit him. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That no, was dude, good. no, it's good. It's a good story. It's a great story. Uh, so one of the only memories I have, like I have a handful of them, of my father, uh, was we went to go visit him at my aunt's house. And this is when him and my uncle were trapping pretty heavy. And, uh, my brother was like, yo, let's go to the toy store. I got some money. I'm like, hey, sweet, let's go. We go across the street to the store, grab some toys, do bust out a stack of fives. And just poof, just start ripping off fives. And I'm like, I'm like seven, eight years old. I'm like, what the fuck? So even the cashier, I'll never forget looking at him. So he's like, I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd you get this money? He's like, dude, I'll show you. I found a bunch of it. So we go back to the house and underneath the couch, 
was stacks of fives and tens. <laughs> so what they would do is they'd be in the living room counting money all night, and then boom, that all the fives and tens went under the couch, and that's what they're spending money. Oh, yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's like, all right, so I used to date a girl when I was like younger whose parents lived out in Chicago. And the first time I ever went out there, I flew out there and her dad picked me up. And her dad's like, yo, I'm going to go get this rent because he owned a bunch of like buildings out there. And it was like, he, bro, I, I think he was testing me. He left me in the car in the south side of Chicago oh, shit. while he goes to pick up this rent. So I'm just sitting like, like in the middle of the hood. But he comes back and he's just a stack of ones. There was a stripper that lived in one of the- That was paying for the rent. That was the rent in the stack of ones. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. That's wild. <laughs> what makes weed a different plant? You were saying that it's a different, like why, like, why is it a different plant than know, everything? Right? Uh, I mean, obviously the chemicals it produces, the THC, Yeah, the chemicals it CBD. produces, I think just, again, how it ties into our biology, our personal human biology. And just, it's, I don't know, like, it's a very communal thing that kind of tends to bring people together. You haven't thought about it on, like, a deeper level? Like, why? shelter us but at like, the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. like the peace pipe. You sit around, you know, with the chief, share the yeah. peace pipe. Uh, again, I think it helped shape a lot of our, our culture that we didn't even know. Is you get some wild thoughts when you be smoking cannabis. Like Bob Marley said, what was it? When you smoke the herb, it, it, it uh, closes you to yourself or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, because you know it from a very, like, scientific way now. So, I mean, like, scientifically, now that you have this knowledge, do you see it differently? Like, what what about it is different than any other plant? Again, I just think it's tied to us, like, and, and then the, 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 like, what I explained where it's feed gold, it's kind of like this, there's like the spiritual aspect to it and, you know, the mysteriousness of where it comes from and why it's so tied to us biologically is why, for me, why it's so special. And again, what it's done for me and taught me as a, as an individual, um, is why, um, I credit a lot to it. Uh, it's taught me a lot about time management, investing in myself. But it affects a human brain differently than smoking anything else. Oh, absolutely. So I think, yeah, like, a, like uh, it can slow a brain down. It can uh, connect some dots. Um, I don't know. What do you think? It's just random. It's chance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. People, lo- it's luck. People, yeah, because we all have different biology, too, so it affects us in so many different ways. So there's so many different ways it can affect us and emotions that can be tied to those effects. So it's, it's tough to, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a tough, tough one to answer, I think, because it's a very broad answer. Is it like the same thing as psychedelic mushrooms? It's just it like, it's be, just yeah. randomly that these yeah. things affect I us. Can, I think, yeah, it can be to new users for sure and people who use very little in between you know uses um how about can we talk about the the dmt trip oh yeah have you ever done dmt nope all right uh we were talking about this before we were like wait save it for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh all right uh i was recently given a dmt pen for my birthday on june 1st uh and then i went out to california was going going through a lot, you know, trying to come off alcohol, uh, just learning a lot about myself as an individual. I've been through a lot as a human, uh, and there's some residual effects to the things I've been through that I'm working through. But uh, so I have this pen. Um, 
I have, I've, you know, done a bunch of research on DMT about people and their experiences. Uh, so I knew, like, there was, like, a, you know, spiritual something coming. I could just feel it. <clears throat> so I go out to Cali, kind of have enough moments. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm um, staying at Manhattan Beach at a business partner's house of mine. And go down to the beach and by myself, it's, like, um, kind of close to sunset. And I take three giant pulls off of this DMT pen, as big as I can hit. And as I, <laughs> That's I, how you're supposed to do it. As, and as big as yeah. I can hit. And uh, on the third pull, I kind of exhale and I fell backwards because it felt like a dizziness kind of feeling. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out. So as my back hits the ground, boom, it's like this amazing amount of color. Like, I, and it's, it, it's crazy. It's like this. It's like a shining color. I don't know how to explain it. And then all of a sudden, I can hear a voice. And it's a woman's voice saying, breathe easy, child. And it's like, now I can start to see like this flutter as I'm on my back. It's in front of me, and it's like fluttering. I'm like, what the fuck? And as I kind of, like, it starts to materialize, it's a black woman standing over me with like a fan. And she's wearing the most beautiful skirt I've ever seen. And it's multicolored, and it's dancing around. It's fractalizing. She's wearing like this white shirt. She has like a rainbow, these rainbow bracelets on. And she's wearing like this rainbow uh, hat or uh, like wrap, head wrap. And it's fractalizing rainbow glowing color. And she's just telling me to breathe easy, breathe easy. And I instantly relax. And everything goes quiet as she's saying this. And I can still hear her. The next thing you know, there's like these two women behind her, same thing, dressed the same way, and they're like throwing what looks like rose petals, but as they get close to my body, they like <coughs> split into like fractalizations, and like there's like these waves of feelings going over my body of everything we're going through, and just like, you know, this calmness that's kind of coming through as she's saying to telling me to breathe easy, it's going to be okay. Um, and it was like a, I would say almost like a ritual that was performed on me. And then it was very quick. It was like five minutes, not even. And then as like she kind of starts to fade away, you know, she's, as I try to look at her, to like look her in the face, she 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 actually uh, uh, she stood up and was whipping her uh, like skirt at me, so I couldn't look at her face. It was a very weird experience. It was like it wasn't about like who I am, like yeah, this, you know what I mean? It was yeah. a, again like a very calming feeling. I had a totally different viewpoint um, from things that I was experiencing at the time from that. And uh, I will never forget it. And then I came home. I have a cousin, Saul's daughter, who I just talked about, who's very into that uh, world. She's traveled all over the world, Peru, to do ayahuasca. And that's when she showed me. Like, I told her what I had seen when I come back. And then she starts sending me pictures of this African deity that she thinks I had seen. That's so and it was like she was wearing the exact same thing. A rainbow skirt, white shirt, uh, rainbow hat. Like I'll never, ever forget that. That was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my life. What did you come out of it with? Um, it was more of an awakening to things that I was doing and going through um, and uh, an apprehension to, uh, I guess you could say, things that I was doing um, and not really realizing in my life, look, kind of looking inward, um, not realizing I'm the problem to a lot of my problems, yeah. you know, is where I was at. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, and then it's going to be okay. Like, you got to get through this, like. You know, like, and going through exercises and avenues to try to find ways to get through these personal problems I've been dealing with on the side. Because you got, you know, uh, going through some of the experiences. Again, I had to develop some residuals that I had to get through. 
still, still trying, trying to get through every day. As someone who hasn't experienced it, what's your reaction to that? I mean, dude, I'm all for psychedelics, 100%. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I, uh, I enjoy uh, mushrooms. So, but some I haven't people gone, get I haven't gone that that deep. Some people get really weirded out when you s describe the hallucinations that no, you see on DMT. Because I'll I've had two. I've broke through two times. I've done it four times. Yeah, I broke through two times, and both times were so vivid. It was like, you know, when you watch movies as a kid, and they like you see someone take mushrooms, and you're like, is that what is it's it, gonna yeah, right. be like? And it never is. No, you no. never, but when you're on DMT, it's not, it's kind of like that. You get like the real visuals where you're like, oh, I'm in a different world right now. Yes. I've been brought to the Himalayas with like, <laughs> it's funny because I saw Buddha on the Himalayas wow. the first time I did it. And I started my podcast after that, Right on. after that trip. And then this last time I did it in Nashville and I was in, oh, I got a lighter. I've just... I just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it in Nashville in a ceremony and I saw, I was in like Mount Olympus. And it's so crazy how vivid it is. And it if you explain it to someone who has never done psychedelics, they look at you like you like have three heads, you yeah. know? Oh, it's just, you know, there's there's so much of our brain that we, that we don't use and it allows you to access that. Um, you know, all the serotonin chemicals, everything going on in, in the brain. Uh, and be able, being able to open that up, I think uh, psychedelics is is monstrous. Would you, know, you do being it? Able to do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd do it. Hundred percent. It's gonna be right opportunity, right mm -hmm. place, people I trust, so on and so forth type type yeah. situation. But yeah, I, I'd have no problem doing it. I have no problem doing ayahuasca. Um, none of that. I, I'm a hundred percent to opening up and bettering myself. So that would be a way. I'm to not do having it. those experiences alone. Like, I think you need to kind of yeah. like, yeah. I, think it, I think these experiences have a tendency to bottleneck anxieties and problems you get and want mm. you to address them and get by them or just show you something new, you know, like. A lot of things should be experienced with another person, I realized. Like, that too. I, when I first started this podcast, I was very, like, just solo. I would go on my adventures and sometimes I still do that. I'll be solo. But when I can bring uh like people along when i've built a team of people i really trust and love it's it's cool because you get to experience it but then you experience it with someone else that yeah. you can then talk to about it, it afterwards yeah, yeah. like talk share the experience exactly with yeah. exactly like jay's part of the podcast he's not on the oh good Whoa. catch right there he's not on screen but he's as big of a part of the podcast as anybody you no, know and we say that too with like everything from you know with the uh, you know what we have yeah, teamwork to make the dreamer what we have going on you know every person that's watering the plant trimming the plant you know selling the plant every aspect uh, is it's all very important every aspect of what we have going on is super important but to the psychedelic thing too it's like when someone else has experienced it with you it's like a shared like I'm not crazy. Yeah, right. I think creative. <laughs> You're like, dude, I swear I'm not like, crazy. Like, oh my God, I was so high <coughs> last night uh, at this party with my friends. As I said, I had tripped for like 24 hours straight. Um, and so I'm at this party last night and I look up in the sky and I see I blue light, blue light, blue light, just shooting in space. It looked like star, like it looked like shooting stars that didn't go away and maybe 30 or 40 of them in a row. God damn. And I'm just standing there so high and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, honestly, it was like some movie shit. I was like, 
oh, what the fuck? What's going on? What the fuck? What the fuck? And I was uh, with a couple people, but you, no one else was really tripping at yes. that point. I was, it was just, to, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's does anyone else see that? And I look up and they all look up and a couple people are like, start freaking out too. They're like, wait, are we being attacked? Like, what the fuck? And then a guy's like, oh yeah, that's the Starlink. Oh, <laughs> it's the, it's the and we're like oh thank god because if i was by myself and i saw that i think i would be the dude who's like i saw, you saw i her. saw a ufo i but really it was the starlink you know that's fucking hilarious <laughs> whenever <laughs> someone says they saw a ufo they've usually been tripping it's really funny i've never really talked to people who are like i saw a ufo and i was like word were you tripping no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sober. Sober. Do you think you've seen UFOs? No, I wish I Dude, wish I, I have a fucking yeah, wild story, and I wasn't tripping. <laughs> and I wasn't tripping. And I have two of He just my, gets beamed into yeah, space no, right there. I have there. two homies that are, a like, fucking hole that in are super legit that my homie Craig and my homie Angelo that are both like super legit, and Craig was in the car in front of us, and Angelo and myself were in the car, and we saw some crazy shit in Arizona, uh, in uh, Vegas, outside of Vegas, in Henderson going to his house. He lived like a half hour, 45 minutes outside the city. So it was kind of a rural area uh, out in Vegas. And yeah, we saw something that I just, I can't explain. What did you see? So we were like just cruising, and then all of a sudden, like a green, like probe light just went just flying by us. It was as simple as that. Just like went flying by us and then was like gone. Like green light flying by us, uh, probably, you know, 40 to 50 feet above the telephone pole. So you could see it. We did no clue what it was. It just seemed like an orb light. It just came into our perspective very quick and then it was gone out of our perspective. And then I stayed quiet for a minute and then I looked over at Angelo and he was like, looked at me and he was like, did you see that? And I'm like, bro, I'm glad you said that. Cause yeah, I saw that. The phone rings, Craig's like, did you see that? We're like, yeah, we fucking saw that. And that, that was it. Like that, that was all she That's wrote like crazy. after that. That's now, did, again, uh, you know, I could always play devil's advocate. Were we driving by and like something exploded? Again, always can play devil's advocate. But again, I wasn't fucked up. I wasn't drunk. Uh, I was a little high. But again, but it's nothing you? like, yeah, no, exactly. When I'm not, <laughs> when when someone I, else in another car, sorry. Like, so, I start to be like, sorry, I'm high. I'm like, wait, yeah, no, I'm no, always high. I'm I can't always use fucking that. high. I can't use that in an apology. <laughs> so it's it's very unexplained. And to me, it 100% like went by us and then disappeared and was gone. And someone else saw it in another car. That was just like, all right, that shit, that shit happened. It's funny we talked about the DMT and then that, because it's funny because like, it is two things that are so real, but like just, if you if you aren't yeah. there, you can't like you can't explain you can't it. Explain you, you can't explain it. Yeah. it. I almost again, you just I I've rerun it over in my head and I've talked about it. You know, we've talked about it for years and years. Being like, dude, I think we fucking saw some shit. Like we really saw something. It was it was quick. It was a flash of an eye. It wasn't like I had time to pull out a camera and yeah. record or anything. It was just boom and then gone. And it was again. You, you asked the question, like, what the fuck was that? Definitely like, believe in like, aliens. What so. the fuck was that? Well, they, didn't they just say it's true? Uh, yeah, but well before. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. I don't necessarily think it's aliens as much as I think it's the future race of us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, again, 
a future race of us. I, that I, may, I see that. We don't want to go down the yeah. rabbit holes. We know. Yeah. We'll be here for but I can't. Hours. I yeah. can't believe that. You know. I do want to. There's so much out there. I do want to go on a rabbit hole of AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just. I've crazy. been doing a lot of research on AI, and I was anti it, but now I'm pro it. I'm very pro AI. And when you were showing me the programs in there and how everything needs to be regulated and you yeah. just try to regulate the perfect thing, yeah. that's like what, because I had someone very high up in the AI world explain it to me. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like that is what it's for. Yeah. Like to literally regulate the perfect thing. And it's not going to take us over, but it's like the perfect tool. It's like the internet or medicine. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. something we can use. I mean, I'm always for progressive technology. Uh, I'm, again, I'm people all, think technology is going to go away. Yeah, no, it's uh, just, like no. I don't think we're going to build go back to cavemen people. Yeah, you know, progressive or, technology. I'm I'm okay with. I mean, <laughs> we're going to get linked with AI somehow. They have Neuralink coming, where you're going to just connect. Uh, it's it's going to happen. I mean, Elon's right there. He's right there with yeah. it. So we're going to get integrated with computers at at some some way somehow. If our generation That's sees it, sure. or yeah. our children. But imagine I mean, how good, just uh, like, not to be, but imagine yeah. how good the weed could be if you could literally have a program that perfectly matches every how we, time. every single time, how it's supposed to be. That's not changing what you're doing. It's, it's just evolution of what you're already doing. You already have yeah. that program yeah, on yeah. your computer. Like that's already but a, like but this basic is the thing. AI. I think that AI it takes in certain things and it will affect agriculture the most because of the human element that is there that can't be removed. Is that energy we talk about, right? Mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, no, the real life, sh like the yeah, real life. Yeah, yeah, well, that's why, like a Zoom like, podcast. Who's is, yeah, right. Like, you know? yeah, no, I, I feel you. Yeah, but feel, like, cool is, uh, why I pulled up here? Why I pulled up to you guys? This is as real as it could get. get. Like, right this here. is as this real is as it could get. And we've been exposed to some stuff. So, like, I went to Cali a couple months back. We went out to this really intelligent group of dudes, scientists, uh, probably one of the smartest group of men I've ever been in, in a room with who are actively working on AI programming, dude. And it's going to happen for the, for the industry and the manufacturing. <coughs> so they're working on an AI robot that trims the bud and trims it, like, to a uh, craft standard where it's, like, mount... It's Right now, it, it needs to be manually mounted by a human, but eventually they're going to have it where the bud will mount itself through a, a conveyor belt system that they design. Uh, so basically, a human will just put totes on that are full of cannabis onto a onto so a crazy. system, but eventually they won't even need that. So they use cameras and AI to basically take pictures of the flower, and they use a special uh, blade system to you know just barely touch the flower and That's pull off so the crazy. the leaf. And then also they were like, yeah, we also have this laser thing where basically they can take uh, harvested marijuana. Um, that's hung upside down and then pre-bucket where they have a laser that zaps off all the fan leaves and then gets it ready to be harvested and put into the machine. And then eventually they're going to bridge the gap where they'll harvest all the, the leaves off it and then zap off all the flower and then that flower is collected and then goes into a chain and then onto that machine. So you're just having humans basically cut the weed down, but eventually humans won't even do that. Yeah, it's like I saw the process of hash rosin being made. And I was like, that's why. Oh, we have a oh, mail sorry. delivery. No, it's all good. 
Thank you. The process of like hash rods, and I was like, why did hash rods blow up so much recently? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's because it's the like it had to with the technology. Like, it's, yeah, it it's changed to. a lot. It definitely changed a lot. That's for sure. Isn't that like the purest form of dev? Hash. Hash rod. The, isn't that what? Yeah, the, Jesse, you'd say that the the purest. The purest? Or, or like some sort of maybe tincture. So it's heavily this heavy debate on this. Yeah. There's, oh, really? Say, yeah. I've never. Okay, because people in Detroit say that so hash rods. I mean, people are gonna fucking hate what I'm about to say. It's all right. Oh yeah, let's talk about Sif. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. So I think there's a future in it, and and to make it to where it's much more of a consu you know, people can get a get into it because it's easier to produce but once we can master uh, really creating that end product and getting the plant material out of it it'll be amazing so you have solvents um that touch the flower to create a lot of these concentrates and people don't realize it water is a solvent water carries things into the flower so i personally believe uh hash rosin but specifically sift hash, hash rosin that is collected post-harvest via after you know you could take flour and sift it over really fine uh silk screens that are different mesh level and, and collect very fine grades of hash that are then collected and then pressed into that rosin um, but it tends to leave a little bit of uh, plant material so we're kind of in those once we get a proper setup we're going to get into some r d to really clean up the sift rosin and make uh, uh, ninety nine percent pure heads, and then we will squish that, and we should be able to make a pretty great tasting product. And I think uh, again, it drives down the cost. You have a great tasting product, and the the effect is much longer lasting uh, than live rosin. There's been speculation that live rosin was brought to the market as a marketing tactic because it's you know some people tend to harvest a little early um and it's fresh frozen so the butt hasn't had time to cure and there's things that happen there um so you have a product where it's it, the effect is not long lasting at all like the effect wears off in 15 20 minutes or that like delta eight i mean again i mean i'm i'm not a huge hash smoker so i can i can say for sure that when i do smoke hash um you know the high is faster but Again, the delivery is faster. It's not like, you know, I, we smoke a joint or I smoke a blunt. It takes 45 yeah. minutes. I'm high like yeah. five minutes into that and then 40 minutes and then another 40 minutes after, an hour after. So flour for me lasts a little longer. Uh, concentrate, I feel like, is quicker. Uh, live rosin or sift. Uh, sift, again, I would have to do a side-by-side -side morning, first thing in the morning. But why know? would people hate that you said that? Just because people were like, again, yeah. like, there's purists and they, you know, everyone, I think there's like clickies to everything, right? Like, I, I'm just, no, I like it all. There's no, sh you know, shame in my game. I like it all. But when you take a product like Sifra's and we get to that point where I want to take it, you're taking, we're taking it from flowers that were never sprayed on with anything, harvesting it mechanically so the heads are never touched, and then squishing that with heat and pressure to make an end product. What was that touched by? Yeah nothing it's pure it's absolutely pure it's as pure as like uh i would say it's as pure as frenchy cannoli's bubble hat you know like it's just untouched by anything not even water you know it was the the resin was never touched by anything that was touched by any human hand just mechanically separated what's frenchy cannoli's bubble hat? or not really frenchy cannoli just like there's 
Uh, I shouldn't. Have he said was like that. a leader in the. In oh, the okay. Right. He was like a leader right. in the Ashen. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. for people who I didn't. Yeah, know. No, that, was really not, that was really not the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a cool name too. Honestly, yeah, if he had a if he had a boring name, I wouldn't have asked yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like With the last name Cannoli, I gotta find out what you did. Yeah, all the bubble hash guys. Like it's all great. I think at the end of the day, it's fire and fire out. If you grow a great product, it's extracted professionally and clean and. Uh, the end product is clean and what's the real difference at the end of the day the dude i was talking to was talking about how they have this thing that they're working on that they can print ads on leaves that's wild like that's you crazy. can change the genetic of a leaf to like put no no way. Isn't that he was showing me shit? No I was tell saying, me I was you saw that look he saw it too. It's possible. like his I, fucking it's like his alien thing. Yeah. He uh, saw it too. Anything's possible, I think, with science nowadays. I think eventually, you know, you'll be able to manipulate. Isn't that it crazy it though? But that like, you could be able to yeah, like it's just think wild, about your flying over. I don't know if I like this or not. I don't yeah. some could technology is crazy. You're flying over Maine and on the tops of trees is an ad. That's just like, yeah, nah. yeah, isn't that crazy? That. Yeah, that's wild. That's too much. That's, <laughs> that's too much. but that's something that's we're coming. Like, break from people trying to sell. Like, obviously, we're sellers too, and we sell shit. Like the capitalist you know, shit. But, yeah, like, like, like I don't know. Like, there's a fine line where we're fucking with shit too much. Like, you need a little like. It on. is funny though. Ah, capitalism is the problem behind it all. But nothing would be created without, without it. it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the snake eating its own tail. There's a system. And it's, it's literally, it's like the savior and the curse, yeah. you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Again, you're right. Blessing and the curse. It's, it's, uh, it's like the, I think there's like the balance, like, like I said, my religious, more kind of the spiritual side. I think there's balance in every single thing in the universe. That's why it's hot and cold, black and white, you yeah. know, north and south. Weed smokers and, and beer drinkers. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, exactly. a lot of balance. Every, and every single thing, dude. Every single thing. Man, thank you guys for doing this. Oh, hell yeah, man. Oh. This is really fun. No, I really appreciate you guys showing me the facility, having me smoke the bud. Like, this is some of my favorite shit, honestly. Yeah, no. Like, and, yeah, for uh, us, like, it's the cool hospitality is amazing. Yeah, no. And, yeah. and like I said, for us, this is, this is what we like to do, you know? Uh, again, if we're sitting down and being able to chat about what we do, we, you know, be prepared to smoke. <laughs> well, we I like. think yeah, that your like, brand, like yeah, I fuck with the brand behind the energy behind and shout out Tommy. That's yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like he had such good energy. Good. And the bow was cool. <laughs> and then I come here and y'all's energy was great. And I'm like, Oh, this is a brand. I like, I fuck with their product. But then I'm like, Oh, you know, get, like, you feel it. You're like, yeah. oh shit, they really care about it. They really love it. So no, we appreciate you coming and doing this and reaching out, man. I'm glad we could. Like, yeah, like to say it's for smokers, by smokers. Like we just again, like you say. Like, yeah, it was his idea to do the podcast. So yeah. I'm really yeah, happy no, we dope. did that. It's like, dope. No, yeah, I mean it's our. It's like on our brands, you know. Come smoke with us. Quality matters most. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, Where can people find all your shit? Who man? Uh, so if you're in the state of Maine, um, we are down south. We are in central Maine and we are in northern Maine. Northern Maine, the Bangor area, uh, Rocksteady Remedies, central Maine would be Hive, uh, Streamside. Um, sorry if I forget forget you. Uh, man, so many. Uh, Maple Valley is uh, in Waterville. Uh, we're out on okay. the border um, at, a, at Great Atlantic Puffing Company. We are at Vice Cannabis, Kind & Co., Mac. 
we are at Frost Factory. Uh, about to be uh, at Local Leafs new spot in Portland opening up. Uh, we're at Vice in Portland. Uh, we got a website. Man. Yeah, we got you a know, website. Where can people you find on. you online and shit? Yeah, uh, online would be underscore B S T R E E S underscore. So the bees trees. Uh, the original account got sniped. Uh, we also do have a fake account that people have been putting up. It's like double underscore with the bees trees. So don't follow that one. Go report Fuck that your shit. Double underscore. Yeah. Um, www.beestrees.com. We'll bring you right to uh, the tree store, which is our site kind of together. Uh, and you can actually go on and place an order on there uh, with your med card <coughs> if you're in the state of Maine. Uh, we're in about 40 dispensaries, man. We're in a lot of dispensaries awesome. kind of throughout. Uh, Maine, uh, we touch 78, so not each month we're, uh, we're in 78, but we're you know usually in about 40 throughout the state, uh, and then every once in a while in a few others. But yeah, you can find us there. And again, if you find the Bees Trees Instagram or the Main Trees Instagram at Big Main Trees, uh, you can link both of them. They're, they're right there together. All of our shit's right there. Uh, our links to everything is in there. So awesome. Jesse, I mean, well, you're Big Main Trees. Yeah, I lost my first account yep. that I built. Uh, main trees to my ex-baby moms. <laughs> some shit. Yeah, I was there for a long time. But anyways, uh, yeah, big main trees. Uh, then you could also not only beastrees.com, uh, maintrees.com as well. They both lead you to the same place. Um, but yeah, looking forward to bringing fire herb and creating flavors uh, with some with some homies for a long time to come. Awesome, man. Yeah, this is yeah. probably the smokiest podcast. Of oh, ever as always, we're always the smokiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, follow me at Sam Bucked Up on Instagram. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,